Maintain the Flame. That is what my guest today will be talking about and sharing with all of you out there listening. Dr. Nicole Bradford is my guest. So grab your coffee, folks, sit back, relax, and let's get on with the show. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is Kim Langling, your host, and I am so happy that you are spending just a small part of your day with myself and my special guest today, Dr. Nicole Bradford. As a first-generation college graduate and the youngest of six children, Dr. Nicole Bradford began her career working with disenfranchised youth and setting up programs to ensure their success. She has been fortunate to work as a professor, a vice president of student services, teacher, assistant principal, and campus principal. The author of One Step is All It Takes, Dr. Bradford is in the process of writing her next book, My Soul is Not for Sale, which focuses on how we can break away from the lies, labels, and limitations and create the life that you deserve. Dr. Nicole, welcome to Let Fear Bounce. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for the warm welcome and the opportunity to be here. I'm so excited. I am too. You've got one heck of a background and a, and a, you know, an amazing backstory. We were talking off mic about it and I can't wait to dig into it. But first off, I want to talk about your first book called One Step is All It Takes. I think that's an awesome title and it grabbed my attention right away. Can you give us just a, just a smidge on what that book's about? Well, One Step is All It Takes talks about the steps that you can take daily to improve your life and to create the life that you desire. Sometimes we all think that, you know, I have to make this major transformation, but it's not always the major transformation. You just have to take one baby step at a time. And once you put one foot in front of each other, then it's going to become easier. And then you'll be able to do more when you're trying to make that change that you desire for your life. So just one step is all it takes and it'll get you to the destination that you desire. I love that. You know, and I, I've talked about that a lot over the last few years. Well, since the world, you know, went into its yes. pandemic mode and fear mode and all of that, I made a major shift in my life decided, you know, to to do my own thing. I wasn't going to be someone else's employee anymore. I had lost my job and I was like, I'm not going to send out resumes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to take what I love to do and turn it into something. And I was often telling myself, Kim, just one step, even if it's a tiny step, even if it's slow, like a turtle's pace, Mm -hmm. I'm still taking a step forward. So just keep on going. Don't get discouraged. And so I love that that's the name of your book. It's probably why it jumped out at me so strongly because I'm often telling myself that, Kim, you took another step. Yes, yes. And that's so important, I believe, because all of our lives, we spend time advocating for someone else and standing up for someone else, but we don't take that time for ourselves. And so, like you said, you kept saying, Kim, and that's where I I catch myself a lot of time. Hey, Nicole, this is not going to be easy, but you've got to walk through it, girl. You can do it. Just one step or, you know, you just see this through. It's going to be a five minute conversation. It's going to be uncomfortable at the the beginning, but you can do it. So that self-talk and that motivation for yourself, because we, we have the energy for everyone else, but we don't invest in ourselves. That is so true. So yes. true. You know, and, and again, like I said, I found myself at a point in my life where I was like, you know, I got to, I, I really do have to start putting up boundaries mm-hmm. 
and my circle might get smaller and it did and that's okay that's all right you know because you know you when you're younger you think I, it's so important that i have about 25 or 30 friends around me at all times and I, I need this entourage but as you grow older you understand with that wisdom you know you may have 35 friends but you only really have two or three close friends that you can depend on and that you can trust. So I think those boundaries, they're uncomfortable as well. For myself, um, even with my family, it was very difficult growing up and being the youngest of six because I would have my siblings that would say, oh, you think you're better than us just because you went to college. And I'm thinking, are you kidding me? You know, I was raised with you. Yes, I am the youngest, but a degree doesn't change me. A piece of paper doesn't change me. That relationship was important to me. But when I had received that rejection, it was a little scary at first. And then I moved from that into being married, into my marriage life. And then, you know, the in-laws, you're trying your very best. I want you to like me. Please just accept me the way that I am. So at the beginning of my marriage, I would do everything, you know, I'm, I'm juggling whatever it is to make them smile and make them happy. But no, because in their mind, I want a Nicole that looks this way, that talks this way, your holidays will be at our house and X, Y, and Z. But I had to draw those lines and say, you know what, I get to decide the life that I want. You had your life, you had your traditions, you established what was important to you, you don't get the chance to tell Nicole what's best for me. And so doing that, of course, makes a lot of people uncomfortable because, you know, we've all seen the movie, what is it, Meet the, the Fuckers or whatever that movie. Yeah. I love that movie. <laughs> but his circle was so small and you're, you're not in the circle if you're not gonna do what we want you to do. And so in life, we have to decide, okay, I don't need to be in your circle. I will create my own because I have a family to invest in. So boundaries and self-talk, it helps you to make the shift. And so you can live a life of no regrets. You don't wanna look back on those moments and say, man, I sure wish only if I had and time has passed you by. Very well said. Is we we only get one shot at this life, yes. You know, and and it does take. And you know, I'm I'm in my fifties, and it it took me up until this point to say, mm -hmm. you know, all right, nope, here's the boundaries. I'm I'm actually looking out for me now. Right. Your whole life, like you said, you know, first you're a child or a grandchild, you know, niece, nephew, what have you. Then mm -hmm. maybe you're a spouse and a mom, and your life is literally given out to everyone else yes. but yourself and I found that when I had an empty nest when my daughter went to college it took me three months to sit there and go who am I outside exactly. of mom mm -hmm. and I didn't know how to be Kim yes. anymore mm -hmm. you know so that was like the beginning of of me opening up a little bit Yes. But then, you know, certain things, certain life circumstances happen and you're going, all right, okay, this is, this is another door that slammed in my face. And I'm going, well, wait a minute, but there's another door down the hall that's cracked open. There you go. Let's, let's take a look through there, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I love that. I like how you talk about, cause I'm recently an empty nester. So I have two in college and one older daughter that is currently a teacher now. But in 2019, 
um, even being the youngest and, and out of the family and being the one that's trying to just hold on, I brought my mom and dad to live with me. Well, I lost my dad in 2021. He had multiple strokes. And then I lost my mom just recently in April of this year. So two parents within 10 months of each other after 61 years of marriage. And so I've gone from mother caretaker and then you guys leave and I'm like, wait a minute. And then the two cheerleaders that I've had all my life rooting for me, advocating me, taken and they're, they're gone. And I'm like, okay, what do I do now? Who, who is Nicole? And now I had to take a step back and say, you know what? That desire and that flame and that excitement that you had for life, Nicole, when you were little and this silly girl that everyone's like, well, you quit it. Just please. You have got to find that flame. You can't allow the grief and the uh, the absenteeism of your, my children no longer being here. You can't allow that to take a toll on you. Now it's time for you to recreate yourself. And now you get a chance to have the life that you want. I love that. Find your flame. It just brings such a really cool visual to me. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you for that little mental picture you gave me. That's, that's powerful. That's powerful. Now I also saw, let's see here. You are, you worked, you worked as a professor or are you still a professor? I worked as a professor and my first career, I was on the collegiate level. So I've been a professor, I've been a Dean of Education, and my last position was Vice President of Student Services. So you were Miss Smarty Pants. Oh, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, and that's that's the irony in everything. Growing (laughs) up, I was always the underdog. I was not the one that you would believe that because, you know, even out of my siblings, I told them all the time, you guys are genius. I mean, you're so smart, but it's not always. And that's why I try to encourage some of the students because they think, well, you have to be this, you have to make these type of grades and you have to be amazing, but no, you just have to take one step at a time, believe in yourself, believe in your dreams, set those goals and go for it. You may not graduate in the same time frame as your peers, or you may not create whatever it is at the same time as your peers, but it's going to happen on your time because that's the right time. And as adults, I just figured out, you know, when we were younger, all we are are children and big bodies, the same pressures, the same anxiety, the same stress, the same bullies, they still exist to this day. And so as adults, once we're drawing that line in the sand, no, this is what I'm going to do now. This is what's important to me. You no longer get to bully me and mistreat me because yes, I understand we're all wanting acceptance, but I deserve more and I deserve better. And I'm going to go for it. Again, well said. (laughs) (laughs) Now share a little bit about your background growing up. You were one of six children. You said you were the youngest. Yes. That's a, I, my, that's a full house full of all different kinds of personalities. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, my, uh, I, my mother had five girls and one boy. Goodness. So, yes. Yes. And you know, the, the boy is always the mom's, the apple of her eye. He can do no wrong. And so, you know, there were times, but growing up, it was okay 
that you're silly Nicole because you're on the, they believe you're on the same level as us. You're, you're just a little baby sister. We can push you around and do and say what we want. But then when you start to mature and you're saying and you're telling people, no, I, I no longer appreciate when you talk to me like that. When And just because you're my family, that doesn't give you a right to treat, mistreat me because a lot of people think it's toxic, but come on, that's, that's just how she is. You know how she is. No, that's not acceptable because you are a human being. You have feelings. You cannot dismiss my feelings and I'm going to stand up for what I believe. So when you go from that, baby sister that everyone pushed around and bullied your whole life and now you have boundaries and expectations they're like what happened to you you've changed yes I changed for the better I changed for me what's something whether it was in your younger life or as an adult something that that you had to face that mm -hmm. might have looked like fear or was fear and you were able to face it down and and overcome it well, I would say fear for me came in the workplace. It's very difficult in the workplace because, you know, at times you're being asked to do things that you may not feel comfortable doing. And so you are labeled as, back. again, we're on the playground. What's wrong with her? No one wants to play with her. So if this person doesn't like you because you, you stand up and you speak up for what's right, then you become an outcast. It's very, very scary because you have to stand up and say, no, we have this staff handbook and we need to adhere to it. and challenging the individuals that are your supervisors. And when that happens, sometimes you may uh, find yourself on the outside of the company. And so you can't just sit there and say, well, I got to find somebody else to tell me what I'm worth. You already should know what you are worth. And you have to be strong enough to say, you know what, I'm going to create, like you said earlier my own company, maintain the flame. Because we spend so many hours working for everyone else and that same energy that you put into making them a multi-million dollar um, company, you could put that energy into yourself. And then you feel a lot better about your accomplishments instead of checking the box. Okay, you're worth your hours. You may spend 60 or 70 hours and yes, you may think it's a seventy dollars or $80,000 salary, but if you actually add up the hours that you're working, you're probably making two seventy-five dollars an hour. So it is time for you. And that's what I found myself. And I've been in situations that I've got to step out of this box. It doesn't feel comfortable. I'm no longer giving you that control. I'm taking control and I'm going to design the life that I want. And that's why I became an entrepreneur. Your story is, I have a similar story with the, what you mentioned, you know, the work mm -hmm. workplace. And I found myself a couple times over the years as that person who, well, I was called a boat rocker. Oh. One of my previous bosses years ago, because I questioned. Exactly. And I didn't agree mm -hmm. and was very uncomfortable with some of the things that I was told I should be doing. And I would question it and say, well, why? And yes. I was actually said by a previous boss years and years ago, mm -hmm. why do you have to be such a boat rocker? And I said, well, I didn't realize I was a boat rocker when I'm standing up for something that's right instead exactly. of wrong. Mm -hmm. And then I was called insubordinate. <laughs> 
horrible. And, yes. You know, and I thought, you know what, this, this is, uh, this is enough. And mm -hmm. I was younger. I was in my late twenties at that time and just full of, you know, righteous indignation, yes. you know, <laughs> and I stuck it out there for a little bit longer. And then I found another job and left. I, I just couldn't, that wasn't something I could tolerate. Now I know though, there are millions of people that are right. fearful of leaving a good paying job. It's got good benefits. You have medical coverage. You've got a family to, to support or help support. It is a very scary thing. It is a very scary thing for a lot of people to say, I can't do this. I have to look for something else. And sometimes that something else might be something that pays less. Mm -hmm. Yes, you know? it may pay less, but you're going to feel better about yourself. And then again, when you talk about that fear, the same fear that you may have leaving, it takes a lot of courage to say, you know what, I'm going to be that boat rocker. And I don't care what label you put on it. I am going to stand up for what's right. I'm going to read my handbook. I'm going to read it as if it's a Bible and I'm going to go step by step and I'm going to hold you accountable. And a lot of times the supervisors, they use that intimidation. And so we cower in fear. We tuck our tails and we accept it. And just like it's a toxic relationship, may, may have been a marriage or what have you, that's a toxic work environment. So go push through that fear, move forward and stand up for what you believe. And if you stick with it at the end, you will see people have to be held accountable. But the catch is, so, so many of us, we want to conform. We just don't want to stick out. We don't want to cause any problems, but you're hindering yourself and your success when you do that. Well said. I've talked to so many people over the mm -hmm. years. People are often saying to me, you know, well, Kim, you're so strong and you, you go for it, you know, or you're a mover and a shaker, you know, whatever mm -hmm. type of phrase they want to say. And I've, I've always, I've always been that way. It's just the way I'm made. And I have a hard time. And this is something I'm working on with my family and with folks that I know that do just hold on to that fear. Like it's a blanket, Yes. you know, a security. Well, no, I can't do that. I've never done that. And I'm always, well, why can't you? Because then I'm questioned, are you sure you want to do it this way, Kim? Are you sure? Can you pay your bills? Can you, you know, if you do this, if, 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 yes. and I'm like, oh, please take that negative anchor and throw it somewhere else because I have goals and a vision and is some of it frightening? Maybe, but then I just knock the fear to the curb where it belongs because who says I can't do it? That's right. Yes. You know? And, and I, I figured just like as an educator, you know, you, when you were in school, so many people told you, oh, come on, you don't, Susie's looking at me. You don't worry about Susie. Remember those conversations? Oh, I don't want to wear this because they're going to laugh at me. You don't worry about who's going to laugh at you. And then you turn into an adult. We transition and everybody's looking. What are they going to say? Well, what happened to that, that flame? What happened to that motivation? What happened to that zest for life that you had when you were younger? Don't allow the circumstances to change who you are because inside you had that courage to fight through those moments of fear, going into high school uncomfortable when my hair was a big Afro and I thought it was so cool and everyone's <laughs> looking. I fought through that fear because it's what I like. So why can't we do that as adults? 
Why can't we tap into our inner child and say the heck with fear? I'm moving forward. So it, it may be difficult. I may have people looking at me. I may have people questioning, what in the world are you doing? Well, it's for me to figure out because you know what? I have to live here. I have to pay the bills and it's up to me. So you have to decide what's important for you. Find supporters that are going to speak that positive information and positive affirmations to you so you can keep moving forward. And that's the easier it will become for everyone if you take that chance because you don't want to live a life full of regrets. No, you don't. It's how depressing and lonely that would be. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, how depressing and lonely. So Mm -hmm. you're working on a book. My soul is not for sale. Yet again, another eye-grabbing title you've got there, lady. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, because it's exactly what we're talking about. We sell our souls and look at the world, look at our society. And it's sad. We, we all were some amazing young children growing up and we've come to be adults and we are just conforming. We're doing whatever, we're just an assembly line because we want to fit in and we have to have the car that our neighbor has and the house that our neighbor has. And we're not really being authentic for ourselves. And you have to figure out what works for you and then draw that line and say, my soul is not, I'm sorry, it's not worth that. And that's a lot of time, like we talked about in the workplace, I have to go home at night. I have to be okay with myself. I am not going to mistreat this person or I'm not going to turn a blind eye to this situation just so you can give me a pat on the back. And then when you're angry with me, I'll be gone and you'll replace me within five to seven business days. My soul is not for sale. I'm going to have values and morals and integrity and do what is important to me. And then you'll have to figure out the rest. And so it's just a journey about my life, the challenges that I've gone through, some of the topics that people do not want to discuss. No one wants to discuss being terminated. No one wants to be discussed being a misfit as an adult. But those conversations need to be had because there is someone out there that's in that current situation that needs to know it's okay not to sell out your soul. You have to be okay with who you are and who you're becoming. But, you know, I saw a meme not long ago. It said, um, you know, embrace your weirdness, you know, yes. and, and find your fellow weirdos. And I, <laughs> I was like, it. oh, that just speaks to my soul right there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Definitely my language. Well, this, okay, our time has flown. This is ridiculous because there's so much <laughs> more I want to talk to you about. But I want to give you the opportunity to share with the listeners where they can find your books if you've got a website where they can find out more about you and what it is that you do. Okay. Well, please feel free to go to the website. It's www.maintaintheflame, all one word, .net. And on there, it'll give you information about my book, where you can purchase the book. We sell it online. I'm also traveling a lot to do speaking engagements and uh, conferences. And it will also give you some information to the Instagram, which is Maintain the Flame. Um, That's the same, just one word. And then my husband and I, because we are empty nesters, right before my mom passed, we were on TikTok. 
we were empty nesters in the number one. So it's just silly parents being silly, being free, no more responsibilities. And it just lets you let your hair down and enjoy life. Oh, that sounds so fun. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Now, do you have a, a favorite quote or something that you, you share with folks that you work with or family or friends that you would like to share with the listeners? Well, I, I think I have two that I always go to. One is um, the Bible verse that if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move and it shall remove and nothing shall be impossible to you. And my favorite quote is don't quit. No matter what, I've had that point from the time that I've been in high school all the way, whenever I get down, I'll pull it up and, you know, life is going to be tough, but you've got to persevere. You've got to keep going. And so just finding those affirmations, but those are my two go-tos. Don't quit and the faith of a mustard seed. Love both of them. Love <laughs> both of them. And I like don't quit because it's very short, very to the point and simple and easy to remember. That's right. <laughs> don't quit. That's right. Darn it. Don't quit. That's right. All right, Dr. Nicole, this has been awesome. I have truly enjoyed this conversation and I would love to have you back on in a few months and see where you're at, what's happening with the new book and what's happening in your world. Oh, yes, I would love it. Thank you so much. You're doing so much and you're doing great things and inspiring and impacting the lives of others. And I want to thank you for all that you do. Oh, thank you. That is so humbling. Thank you very much. <laughs> Everybody you. out there listening, thanks so much for joining me and my special guest, Dr. Nicole, today. And we hope that you tune in each week on Wednesdays when the new episodes upload. I am Kim Langling, your host of Let Fear Bounce. Everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed.